FM. What's going on, guys? Tavares here. Just want to let you guys know that one, the merch is live. So thankful for all of you guys that have joined in and um, supporting the ministry. Um, one of the things I do want to say, um, sorry that I'm even doing this in the intro. I wasn't planning on it, but there was someone who commented, you know, Facebook comments can be some of the, the deadliest places because people are always angry for whatever reason. But one person has said, um, great, another ministry trying to sell things. And I wanted to get mad um, because I was just like, if you know our motives, you know, we never sell anything. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? But I understand that so many times, you know, people try to monetize the church. That's something I definitely hate. Um, but, you know, I'm learning to realize that, one, you can't please everyone. You cannot. You definitely can't please everyone. And two, I'm hoping that just like it's allowing me, that it allows you all to use this as an amazing witnessing tool, whereas you're able to reach people with the gospel. Um, so if you want to support the ministry and continue to help us, I know a few of you have reached out. Hey, what's your cash app? Hey, what's your PayPal? It would be amazing if you just go ahead and support this. Buy some for your youth group. Buy some for someone um, coming up if you want to give them a Black Friday gift or a Christmas gift. Um, but yeah, we love if you guys do that. But back to what today's episode is about. This is episode, I believe, 102. And we are blessed to have a great friend of mine, amazing mentor. He doesn't know it yet, but his, his, his voice and his leadership has made a tremendous impact on my life. You know, so I'm so thankful to have Victor Jackson. Uh, many of you have heard him preach, and if not, you should definitely YouTube him. His ministry is amazing. He's done so much, so much great things, and I want you guys just to tune into this podcast. So we're going to talk about many things, but mainly aiming to talk about God's timing in regards to relationships and ministry. So, yeah, without further ado, I'll just let you guys listen. Love y'all. Peace. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're blessed to have a special guest in our presence. Um, I'm not going to be too dramatic because he's not going to prefer it, but evangelist Victor Jackson, great guy, great Christian. I think it's, it's always a blessing when you can say someone's a great preacher, but to know that they're aiming to actually live for God without a mic in their hand is a Truly a great thing. So, bro, I want to thank you for joining us today. Man, what a privilege it is to be a part, man. Uh, so thankful for the great family and all the uh, major effort and time and faithfulness that they have put into the kingdom. And we love them. It's been too long since we have seen them. Honestly, it's been about three years. Uh, but, man, I'm glad I get to see you virtually, man. Yeah, man, COVID is kind of throwing off my plans, but hopefully we can set something up soon. Um, but yeah, so as many of you guys listening probably know of him, but many of you probably do not. So I'll give Victor to Florida, just tell us a little bit about himself, you know, possibly wife, child, anything um, you want to just break the ice with and let people hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Uh, basically, uh, me and my uh, family, we, we travel across uh, the country and abroad. Uh, preaching and teaching, uh, just ministering, serving uh, any way that we can. We feel like we have a calling uh, to serve the, the community, to help people, to inspire, to equip. Um, and so we've been uh, speaking across the country a little over a decade. Uh, I'm an adjunct professor, um, and we've just been uh, don't need to go into all, all of my degrees and things like that. I don't think that's relevant to who I am as a person. But our heartbeat is to help people, to bring the gospel to all nations. Uh, I believe everyone deserves an opportunity uh, to know about Jesus Christ. And that is my mission. That is my goal. That's what fuels me every day. And my wife and my son, they travel with me. Uh, my little, My son, he's five years old. He's been on over 500 flights. And so we, we travel everywhere together. And uh, that's a little bit about us. So I'll start this off this way. This is not the direction I want to take the, take the episode, but I'm, I'm very curious because there are a lot of people that are listening and maybe they feel that same call to evangelism or being a missionary or any type of ministry that causes them to you know, up and travel. So my question to you is, is that a problem in your, I, I don't want to say it like this, because I don't want to sound personal, but is it a problem um, in marriage when, you know, you feel as though God is continuously t 
taking you from place to place. Do you feel as though that's an issue or is that not an issue for you? And how do you navigate that, you know, being a husband and a full-time evangelist and preacher? Uh, man, great question. You know, me and my wife, we got married uh, November 17, 2012. And then a month and a half later, January 1st, 2013, uh, we went full-time into evangelism. And so we have always traveled together. And I think one of the most important things that are effective for any ministry, whether uh, traveling or, or just in one location, I think the family uh, has to be priority. I believe that the healthiness of the family structure is important to the healthiness of a ministry. And so that's why we made it very integral to what we do. It was to do everything together. And so when we travel, I make, you know, my wife and son are with me. Uh, after I speak, I come down, me and her talk, we discuss about what direction we feel this service should go in. And so it's really a team, uh, team, teamwork. We work together. She has gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that she don't have, but we complement one another. And I believe it's vital to the success of our ministry. Uh, and so we just made sure that um, that's at the bulk of it. So we do a family vacation uh, about every three to four months for like four to six days. Uh, we've been doing that for a decade where we have time where we go and uh, spend some time together. And then we do an anniversary vacation uh, every November. Uh, so about three vacations a year. And then every week we made sure we come home. We're not one of those traveling speakers that are never home. Uh, for 10 years, we made sure every week we come home. And that's always, there's a healthiness there. There's, there's, a, there's a bond there. And, but, but pray for me because our last anniversary, uh, we were celebrating nine years uh, this November but for our sixth year anniversary, uh, I took her to Paris. And after I took her to Paris. So bar high, bro. <laughs> bro. I, I took her to Paris, man. And when I got back, like she had such a great time. I thought, I was like, what did I just do? Uh, I'm like, this is something I was supposed to do for 15 years, yeah. for 20 years. I just set the bar with Paris. And the sixth year, so I took her to Paris again the next year, and so you y'all gonna have to pray for me because I got to figure out how to how to keep this thing up there. So and so we we always make that uh, our core, and uh, every now and again, so we travel about 95 percent of the time together. Only time they don't travel with me is if my schedule gets intense. Uh, I never want to wear out my family, and if it starts getting intense in certain places, I'll make sure. Uh, that they rest and stay home, but for the majority of the time, they're with me. All right, so you guys, um, you're going to check the description box. We're going to start a GoFundMe for his 10-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Happy early anniversary when that gets here, bro. Um, so my thing is, I love the fact that you mentioned, despite all the traveling, because some of the people who don't know you probably have no idea that you're probably in a new state or new country so often in maybe just a matter of a week or two weeks. So they probably don't know that your schedule can be hectic. You know, so I love the fact that you mentioned still making sure that you're prioritizing your family, because I feel as though a lot of people think their call to ministry either excludes their family or means that the sacrifices to be who God calls you to be means sacrificing your family. And I don't think that's what, what God determines for any of us, even if you're not a minister, like your, your, your marriage should be the first ministry of your family. Um, I heard a preacher once saying that a lot of times we try our hardest to disciple the world that we forget to disciple our home. So your everyone wow. else learned how to do great things and they're blessed by your ministry, but your family wasn't because they were always the back burner. Um, so that's definitely good to hear. But I want to ask a question regarding something you said. You said you sometimes you'll speak to your, your wife and you're, you guys are trying to figure out the direction the church should be, um, the service should go in. You're praying, you're talking one, with one another. You mentioned that she has gifts that you don't have. So now how important is it to find someone, um, and I won't just say compatible with you, but how important is it to find someone who complements, you know, the purpose that you believe God has for you? Oh, you know, I believe is of 
you know, utmost importance um, because whenever you get married, you, you become one. And, and the Bible says that, that the Bible says that God was looking for Adam's help me. Adam was naming the animals. And after he got done naming the animals, the Bible says that there was no help me found for him. Mm-hmm. And, and the word help me, it, it literally means to support what is lacking. Yeah. So think about it. Adam's made in the image of God, blessed by God, got a purpose from God, but God says he's lacking. He, he, so I'm creating a person that's going to support what he lacks. Right. And they're going to complement one another as, as one. And I think that's so crucial. And I think that develops. I think that develops over time. Because you're, when you're with somebody, you see your weaknesses more and you see their strengths more. Uh, but I think that to understand early that they have traits and abilities that can complement uh, where you're headed in your life and can complement them where they're headed in their life, I believe God's going to bless that. And, and what it is, is you uh, increase your capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a whole nother level, you know, you, you don't marry someone and then your capacity, you know, just decreases, you know, you got to find someone that complements your goals in mind where you're uh, trying to go in your life, where you're trying to accomplish for the, for the Lord, because, you know, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts 10,000, but, and so that's just two people that aren't married, but what happens when they are married, I believe yeah. that capacity increases that much more because God blesses holy matrimony. Yeah, man, that's, that's good. That's good. I definitely think it's important. And that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people, when you say don't be unequally yoked and they're just like, ah, oh, you're just saying second Corinthians and Bob, they, they think it's just a matter of, okay, the Bible said not to, but they have no idea of why the Bible is saying not to. It's so much greater when God is supporting what you're doing rather than emotions are driving you you know so that's definitely important so today i wanted to have you on talking about timing um you know and we're, we'll talk about timing in regards to dating and ministry and all of that but in your life per se how important do you feel as though how important is it would you say to follow god's timing or is there an instance you feel as though you didn't and then you realize after why you should have like what 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 would you say about following god's timing uh, you know, I think timing is critical, and I think there has to be a a sensitivity to God and His presence, you know, to determine um, uh, His timing. Um, the Bible says, "When the fullness of time was come, uh, Jesus was born." Uh, meaning, if He was born at any other time, He couldn't have accomplished everything that he wanted to accomplish. So there is a fullness of time that does come. And so I believe there has to be a sensitivity uh, to, the, to the presence of God, uh, having a relationship with God. And I think in prayer and, and Bible reading, I think you develop uh, that sensitivity where you become trained in learning how to hear God's voice. And you learn how to hear God's voice. However God spoke to you the first time, that's how God will speak to you for the rest of your life. Those are, those are you become trained how to hear his voice. And so however, if it's a prompting, if it's an impression, or if you hear his voice, he will speak to you that, like that in a continual manner. But when you obey that prompting, what happens is you, your sensitivity increases. Right. When right. you don't obey it, you know, then you don't grow. But when you start obeying those promptings, you begin to learn and recognize his voice where just a whisper, uh, just a, just a, I don't want a, a TNT bomb to, to have to be laid in my life before I finally hear his voice, before I finally know what he wants to do. I want to have such a sensitivity, the sensitivity that Peter had whenever Jesus was about to be led to be crucified. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at Peter and made eye contact. And when they made eye contact, the Bible says that Peter wept bitterly, meaning he had such a sensitivity. He had been with Jesus for three and a half years that just the look on his face 
cause them to repent and weep. And I want that type of sensitivity because with that sensitivity, God will let you know, this is the right time for this. This is the wrong time with this. And for travel, it's crucial because you have so many, uh, you know, engagements uh, coming from across the country. Uh, my biggest thing is not the engagement or the size of the engagement. It's like, what's the right time for me to go there? Because I have missed God before. Uh, and man, oh, my word. Oh, it was the worst. It was the worst feeling. And, and I'll say it this way. I'm going to share a quick story and you, you can edit however you want. <laughs> but, but I want to share a quick story here because I remember several years ago, I was booked to preach at a, a smaller uh, assembly and, and a large conference, you know, over 2000 people, they wanted me to come and speak for them. And I said, man, God's already given me a word for this church of like a hundred people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to go to the conference of 2000. So I told them, no, a few months later, the same thing happened. Small church, home missions, church wanted me to come and speak a conference of thousands wanted me to come. But I said, man, I got to humble myself. I'm going to stay with this, this uh, small meeting. As soon as I flew there and got in and I got there. I missed God. I missed God. I feel like I wanted to throw up. I, I was out of the will of God. I didn't come in the right timing. And then on my way back home, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you see, Victor, you are more focused on being humble than following me. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, you, you don't pursue humility. You pursue me. And you have to learn to follow me. And no matter how it looks, if you were to cancel or if you were to reschedule, don't be concerned with how it looks. Let the whole focus be on, I got to follow God, no matter how it looks to others. And so having that sensitivity to God, God's going to show you the timing uh, of when events uh, should take place, when you should schedule such and such, when you should entertain such and such. Uh, but I think relationship with him is that priority. Yeah, man. When you when you brought that up, you just reminded me. I think the very first time we spoke, actually, I'll probably edit this out because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to cause any problems. Yeah. But I remember you mentioning, yeah. like, "Hey, I don't know what it is, but you know, God placed you on my heart to pray because X, Y, Z." And I was just looking at it like, "Man, I just signed some paperwork that I probably should not have signed." Um, you know what I mean? But in my head, it was just a matter of well, I saw the money that was attached to it. You know what I mean? I was mm -hmm. just like, well, surely if I'm getting money, then it's God's will. You know, that's what my mindset is because I'm not I'm not seeing any of the red flags. And when you told me that you were just like, you know, stay humble. God is with you, blah, blah, blah. And you said all those things. And then thankfully, you know, the connection with that group, you know, it ended. But my thing was it was just a matter of doing things on my timing. I thought I thought, well, this is this is obviously God's will. I'm getting out of the military. This is what's going to provide for my family. That was an epic fail, but, you know, thankfully trusting God's timing, um, people on the podcast, we've mentioned it to them before, but there was that one point where we left our church because we're disgruntled about something and things just began to hit the fan. And I'm just looking at it like my pride is not letting me, you know, humble myself and say, maybe I'm wrong until God told both of us that we need to go back. And soon as we went back, I'm not mentioning all the things in my life, like uh -huh. self-glory, but at the same time, everything began lining back up after wow. deciding to do, to do that you know what I mean so it's just like now I, I can realize it's so easy to think you know well okay well fine you know it doesn't look like a bad idea but like they say not all good ideas are God ideas you know so right. that made me realize that okay well it's definitely important to focus on God's timing because while God definitely worked it out in the end I could have avoided so much nonsense drama stress if I would have simply obeyed him the first time um, but I'll say this, and this will probably end up being like a two-part question, but we're in this social media generation, obviously. You're not much older than me, so I'm not saying it like you're, guys, he's not 50, just in case his <laughs> uh, but, but in this social media generation, we always see people, uh, they may not even know it, but we're all some way, somehow seeking glory or fame because of this social media stuff. We're worried about our likes. 
worrying about who's following us and all of these things. And it's like people are ultimately not realizing that they're seeking worship. That's really what's happening. You know, so what do you say in regards to those people? Um, first off, I ask in regards um, to ministry, because it's sad to say it, but there are a lot of people that post certain things because their aim is to be viewed as spiritual or their aim is I want to be invited to go do a conference or something, you know? So what is either your advice to that young minister or what, what do you say in regards to this? Like, what is the bigger issue, you know, at the root in your opinion? Uh, you know, I think, I think that motives, you know, are everything. And I believe that motives uh, determine the type of fruit that you reap, you know, uh, a good tree is going to bring forth good fruit. You know, a bad tree is going to bring forth bad fruit. And to protect motives and, and to protect that bottom line of motives, it, it's so important. Uh, you know, there was a, a atheist philosopher, you know, who I, I love talking about because he pins this, what you're talking about, he pins this so perfectly. Uh, atheist philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche in the late 1800s he died in 1900. His dad was a Lutheran pastor, but he was a famous uh, philosopher, atheist, that was describing the European uh, society at the time. And he said it this way. He said that the concepts of uh, evolution have caused society to believe that life has no value. Mm -hmm. He says, so as a result, we will create a fictitious world to get our values from. This is the late 1800s. He said, because we have seen no value in this life, we will create a fake life to get our value from. Because we see no value in this world, we will create a fake world, a fictitious world to get our value from. Well, that's what television is. Yeah. Well, that's what social media is. He said that long before it came into existence, but he saw the path of dehumanizing us, of, of reducing us into animals, the, the reducing us into nothing in this world, that we would resort to a fictitious world to get our value from. And I asked someone a question. I said, look, have you ever seen you know, a physical blue thumb walk into the church service and just coming <laughs> and like everything that you do. It's like, oh, man, great job, bud. I like that. Great job, bud. They're like, oh, I hope the blue thumb comes to me. I hope the blue thumb comes to me. You don't see it. I said, have anyone here ever seen a red, a physical red heart just coming heart everything that you do? You go to work, it hearts you. You go and, and, and worship, you know, it hearts you. I said, you don't see it. I said, so why do you have a low self-esteem over something that doesn't exist? Yeah. It doesn't even exist. Yeah. Yet we, yet we get our value and we get depressed over something that doesn't exist. And you just gave the world your power because what are you going to do in five years when it's red circles? And they're going to say, dude, you got 100,000 hearts. You got 100,000 uh, blue thumbs, but dude, you only have 10 circles. You're not relevant. Yeah. Our center has to be in him. And the Bible says, if we abide in the vine, we will bear fruit. So if we can make our priority being in his presence, in his presence, he will show us our identity yeah. and we will allow these social media platforms to complement, you know, uh, what we're trying to get done, but that's not our security. That's not our identity. It is centered in Jesus Christ. We will just use these things to get his mission uh, expanded and, and, and launched out even more, but our security is in him. And so a lot of those things come out of an insecurity. Uh, and I talked about how the world rewards the fake world more than it rewards the real world. Yeah. Meaning you got gamers, you know, years ago, you used to say, if you play games all day, you're lazy. That's not true anymore. You can make now. a living. You can make <laughs> a living uh, gaming uh, and, and, and doing YouTubes about, you know, get, getting past these levels and 
doing all. And so these guys are making millions of dollars a year. They, they'll make more than doctors make in a year. Yeah. A doctor goes to school 10 years, but a gamer can make just as much money in a game because we reward a fictitious world mm-hmm. more than we reward the real world. But we've got to get back to understanding that, that our identity is centered in Jesus Christ and is what we get done in the real world that's really going to last and make eternal impact. But if we can use these other uh, devices as a way to expand that message, uh, as you guys do, as other platforms do, if we can do that, you know, that's going to be wonderful. But the amount of engagement does it dictate if what we're doing is valuable or not. Correct. Um, so good, man. That that it just made me think about something, and I noticed it with you and a couple other ministers, um, ministers that I look up to. Like, not that I want to emulate them, but I'm paying attention to how they're carrying themselves while other people are obviously looking. But I remember a couple years ago, and I'd look, and it's like anytime someone is invited to a church or whatever, they want to post their flyer, they want to post the the engagement, they want to post everything. Me, I just got invited to, to preach at a youth conference at my home church growing up. So it was a tremendous opportunity. I shared it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I pay attention to how people operate because then I'll see, okay, well, Victor Jackson is going to preach at a church and it's like, awesome. Well, I know people are going to be blessed. Oh, this minister is going to preach at a church. Awesome. I know they're going to be blessed. But then I'll hear the testimonies. I'll hear how many people are healed. How many people end up being baptized? How many people receive the Holy Spirit? How many, you hear about all these things happening, but I'll check your page. And I'm like, where is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm like, I know he's aware that there was a guy in a wheelchair. Now he's no longer in a wheelchair. That is what I would assume should be posted. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, oh, you need to start doing that. But I pay attention to the fact that there are some people that are just like their mindset is, well, if I post it on my page, chances are people will think I did it. Like Peter and John, mm-hmm. when they're like, yeah, why are you praising us? It wasn't us. It was Jesus whom you crucified that raised them up. You know what I mean? And I think it's so, mm-hmm. so easy for us to we, we, we use our social media. Honestly, we're building our platform in our kingdom. And God is like, hey, I'll let you get your reward. If that's what you want, you'll get your hearts and your likes and all these things. But in reality, it's pointing people towards us if we feel as though everything on social media really validates us. You know what I mean? So that's something I started paying attention to because, you know, if I did something at church, I just thought, okay, well, I'm a type of person who I just post too much. So if I don't share that, then it looks away. But at the same time, I realized that if I'm doing it because I want that pastor down the road to know I can preach and he should invite me mm-hmm. next time never come, then clearly it was my motive that was off, you know, and I mentioned wow. that this was a two-part question because this is in regards to a lot of, you know, people in ministry, but unfortunately, this is why most people, they really want to date because in social media, <laughs> I noticed that I can post a Bible verse, no one likes it, um, but way before I even met you, I would post <laughs> all the time. No one likes it. And I'm just looking like, but now I feel like if I make a, if I make a post like that, oh, he thinks he's Victor. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just like, I'm just gonna go ahead and, you know, post a meme and have people think I'm immature. You know, I really don't care. <laughs> but I think there's so much pressure on people to date, but not because they feel as though they're ready, but because social media tells them if you're not dating, you're not worth anything because I'll post a picture and it gets zero likes. I think it's the best picture on my timeline. Uh, and, you know, 40 people will, will agree. But if I post a picture with Safa and the babies, a thousand people are, they were, they, were, they finally remember that they follow me. All of a sudden, <laughs> I have all of the hard eyes and all these things. So, you know, there are other people looking at it as well. Like, well, I really have no worth outside of a relationship. So how do you think, I guess, social media is impacting our minds in regards to that? Or maybe it's media or entertainment in general. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that there's that, that pressure, you know, to, you know, uh, follow what other people, you know, deem as, you know, important, valuable. And that's where you got to come back to that identity, you know, in, in Jesus Christ, um, um, I, I remember, you know, before I ever started evangelizing, this is over a decade ago, I remember I would teach these Bible studies and like every week, like people were getting baptized, people were seeing the Holy Ghost. And I remember I would, I would, I would text it, the results to uh, my pastor and bishop, and I would text them and they would never respond to me. They would never respond to me. And then I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to me, said, Victor, are you doing this 
to get affirmation from them? Or are you doing this for me? And I said, God, I'm doing this for you. And so I, I didn't report Bible studies anymore. I didn't do it. What that did early in my ministry is, you know what? The mission is I want to please God. Yeah. And when that becomes your mission, you and God develop this, this trust in one another and you are secure in your identity where if, if I want to post something and, and people say, oh, I'm not concerned with how would others think about my motives, because as long as me and God are good, y'all can think what you want. As long as me and God are, you can think what you want. And I think with that same identity, you, you won't feel the pressure to uh, get value by what others uh, think of you or how others perceive you. Some people are, are raised in so, such dysfunctional settings that they see everything through a tainted lens, mm -hmm. meaning that you can do the purest thing, but when they look at it through their tainted lens, they're going to deduce, extract a motive out of it that's not even present, yeah. that's not, that shows nothing on, on your character. And so in regards to uh, dating and things like that, you have to start settling into your identity in Jesus Christ. You, before you were formed in the belly, God knew you, he ordained you, he sanctified you, he has a plan for you, and you have to start getting comfortable with you and God uh, appreciating that plan and being willing to work toward that plan and getting a fullness and a wholeness in him. That way, whenever a relationship does come, it's not coming out of some insecurity where it's like, if you leave me, I I'm going to lose value. If, if you leave me, I'm going to look bad on my social media, you know, because I'm going to have to delete a bunch of pictures and I'm going to have to, you know, everything can't be driven by insecurity you just have to have a center in jesus christ that and, and it's almost liberating where it's just like th think what you want I, I i gotta follow god yeah um before we continue i have a quick word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And I think it's good that you mentioned that, especially because I feel like that's a big fear a lot of people have. Because I remember um, a young lady I followed some years back, and I remember she got out of a relationship, had to remove all the pictures, got into a new one very quickly after. Had to, you know, unfortunately they broke up again, you know, had to delete all the pictures. And my thing is, I feel as though, I feel as though that's also a problem when we rush to post people, because I feel as though you're telling the world, this is my world, this person, they're now my world. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, you know, you need to only post them once you're engaged or post them once you're married, that may help. But at the same <coughs> time, you never want to make um, your life revolve around this person because people don't realize how easy it is to create an idol in our life. You know what I mean? And in reality, that's what some of us make um, relationships into. And before we start winding down, um, you know, before we, we started this podcast, you know, you, were, you and I were talking regarding a message you're pre preaching at Wentz Conference, great message. And you said it was the, the dirt of ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, so I, yeah, I think that was the title. So the dirt of ministry. And you're mentioning, um, I'll, I'll let you explain it better, but you're, you're referring to the, the unity aspect. I'm gonna just let you, you dive into that because you'll say it better than I can. So I just want you to let them know the importance, I guess, of unity so we can move forward as a body. Uh, you know, basically the message, the dirt of ministry, it, it, it drew from the thought in Genesis 2, 7, where, where God made Adam out of the dust of the ground and that, that man cannot become a living soul with just the breath of God. Everyone wants the breath of God. Breathe on me, breathe on me, breathe. I said, man doesn't become a living soul with just the breath of God there must be some dirt somewhere. Yeah. And it's when God's breath mixes with man's dirt 
that man becomes a living soul. And so I talked about when you desire to, to serve, to, to be in ministry, which means to help. When you desire to help people, you have to remember you've just committed to serving dirt. And so serving dirt, serving people with dysfunctions, with issues, with attitudes. And I said, the only way that you will get bitter at people is if you serve dirt for so long, expecting it to become a pearl. I said, it'll never become a pearl. It will always be dirt. The power is that if we can position this dirt to get under the breath of God, it can become something beautiful, something masterful. And I said to become a pearl would be against the nature of God because a pearl is stagnant. It's limited. It's, 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 it's finite. It's limited. It can never grow in 20 years. It'll be the same size, but with dirt, it always has the possibility to grow and expand and become something different. So I talked about, you have to be patient with, with people that, that, before we start thinking we're high and mighty, we need to look in the mirror and see, hey, we're dirt and God is being patient with us. Right. And so just working in those aspects and understanding that the body of Christ needs one another, and we need to be patient and long suffering with one another. And you talked about, uh, you mentioned unity and with Saul and Saul not liking David. Uh, this is something that people don't talk about because the Bible says that Saul would chase David. He was so jealous of David that he chased David until David dwelt in the land of the Philistines. Mm-hmm. And the Philistines mm-hmm. are a type of the world. Mm-hmm. So Saul would rather his brother be in the world than to do better than him in God's kingdom. Yeah. He said, I'd rather you be backslid than preach better than me. I'd rather you be backslid than to have a better sight than me. I'd rather you go in the world. And the Bible says that he stopped chasing David at a place called the rock of division. And that's what Satan wants in the body. He wants to create so much division where, where we would rather our brothers and sisters fail in their walk with God. So the light will be on us. Mm-hmm. That to come and join them and being unified with them and to complement one another. We need one another. Everyone has a gift to offer. Everyone has something of value. The janitor is just as important as me preaching on the platform. The person working the media, the person singing, the musicians, they're just as important as me getting up to preach. And when we understand each other's value, even those things that are unappreciated and, 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 and not seen. I said, people like to see in America, they think that the thing that's seen is most important, which isn't true. I said, you can't see my heart, but it's valuable. You can't see my lungs, but it's just as valuable as my face. Yeah. But no one gets complimented saying, hey, bud, that's a nice pair of lungs. Yeah. Hey, bud, that's a nice heart you have. But if we can start showing appreciation for one another, and learn how to navigate in the dirt, in the pain, in the in the misunderstandings. The body of Christ can thrive, it can grow, and it can blossom. Because we have to remember, we're all dirt, but we've been commissioned to serve dirt. Because dirt becomes something beautiful and powerful, and filled with potential when God breathes on it. When we get in the presence of God, we all get the opportunity to blossom into a masterpiece, like Adam became. So I'm sure you guys now understand why I wanted um, Victor on this podcast, <laughs> bro, bro. That's, that's so good. Um, I think it's so important for us to really grasp that, you know, I know a lot of people are going to click on, they were hoping we we're just going to talk about dating marriage and God, you know, you know, all the mushy stuff, but so it's so often that we get married and we're still not in the will of God because you're not doing what God has called you to. And I feel as though, we can place a great emphasis on the things that we want, but we have to get what God, we have to desire what God wants, first of all. You know, when I when I was talking about David and Goliath, not David and Goliath, but David and Saul at church, you know, I was mentioning that because I feel as though they, Saul never had a problem with him being praised. It was just a problem of you receiving more praise than me. And it's like, at the end of the day, are we doing the things that we're doing for God's glory? Is the ministry we're in, is it for God's glory or ours? 
Are we desiring to, to be married because we want to have our marriage glorify God? Or is it just to please our flesh? You know, a lot, all these things that we're doing, we have to make sure that, that God is the reason behind it. Like you mentioned, Saul is chasing David out of the church. And I wonder how many people are backslidden because of my jealousy, backslidden because of my envy. And they felt as though they weren't welcome, but the world would receive them gladly. You know what I mean? And it's like, we have to be careful of that, you know, and it's, it's a shame because honestly, if Saul would have united with David, there's so much more that God could have done. But Saul said, you know, I'd rather the evil spirit torment me than be at unity with my brother, you know, and it's just, mm. it's, just it's just, it's just something that's, that's quite insane. And I believe that church has to understand that we're all on the same team. If you're in truth, obviously, but we are all on the same team and it should not be a matter of division and who's going to get the glory because I've already learned that, Hey, everyone is not going to listen to my podcast. Everyone is not going to listen to my sermon. Everyone is not going to enjoy it when I sing, but it does not matter if, if a hundred people get saved the day that Victor holds the mic and zero get saved the day I held the mic, that is still a hundred more souls in the kingdom. Why mm -hmm. do I care that it happened under my ministry or yours? You know, so I think it's so important that we understand that. And I get that people are dating, people want to get married and X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, we should know that, all right, I'm not going to compromise on my biblical convictions or compromise on who God has called me to be at a rate of getting a, a spouse or anything in this world. Um, so I guess I'll ask you this. What encouragement do you have for those who are trying to wait on God's timing without compromising, whether in, the, in regards to relationships or otherwise? You know, I think you have to be, and this is great what you what, what you brought up here because you know, you know, one one plants another waters, God gives the increase. And that's what I said in that message that dirt can't change dirt, meaning I can't change you. Yeah. The only thing good in me is the breath of God. Yeah. And if any change comes to anybody, it's because of his breath. Like because I don't have the capacity. Paul said, in, my, in me that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. Mm -hmm. So the only good, if we can get so down to the point that the only thing good that you see in me is God's breath and his presence. And if we come to that reality and that dependency, and that is, is so vital uh, to make an impact. And I think that, that's my greatest strength is just staying in a place of dependency, understanding that in him I live, in him I move. And him, I have my being. Uh, if I can stay in that place, I believe God can use me. But the minute I get to the point where it's all me, I, I got to do it. I got to do it. That, that's the moment where little things can start creeping in yeah. uh, that become uh, very uh, competitive. Uh, and, I, and I talked about this, you know, and, and I, I can go on a, on a long so. tangent with, with dependency. But I talked about Moses, how how Moses, uh, in Acts 7, Stephen preaching about Moses, he says that Moses was a man of mighty words and deeds in Egypt, meaning Moses had an oratory gift in Egypt, and he killed an Egyptian. Stephen preaches says Moses killed that Egyptian, supposing that Israel might understand that by his hands, he was their deliverer, but they understood it not meaning Moses killed that Egyptian in his own strength, but in the strength of his oratory, in the strength of his gifting, he killed him. And, and supposing that the Israelites would rally behind him and he would be this head general and beat the Egyptians with swords and spears, but that's not how God wanted to do it. So God put Moses in a 40-year broken season, yeah. a 40-year wilderness, and he reduced Moses' oratory down to a, 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 a stutter. And God said, now you're in a position where I'm going to get glory. I, I brought you to a dependency where you cannot get the will of God accomplished without a dependency upon me and a dependency on your brother, Aaron, because Aaron had to translate for him yeah. to the people. God stripped down his hyperbole, the metaphors, the jot and the tittles, stripped down the illustration down to a, 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 a and God said now I have brought you to a place where I can get the glory and man God said I can bring 10 plagues with that stutter 
I can open up the Red Sea with that stutter. I can give you the Ten Commandments with that stutter. And I think dependency is the strength of any ministry. And if we stay dependent on God, we rejoice over the breath of God going on other dirt, going presence of God going on other ministries because we're seeing the name of Jesus being spread. So I've always been one of those guys that I rejoice and I want everyone to do greater things that I could ever do because it's about his name being glorified and not my own, his name going above and beyond and not my own. And so when it comes to dating uh, and, and timing, uh, I think one of the greatest stories that I can, that can wrap up this entire podcast, what we're talking about was I love the story of, um, of, them looking for Isaac's wife. Uh, They're looking for Isaac's wife. Abraham sends his servant on a 550 mile journey to find Isaac a wife. And and what I preach is God, whether you uh, wait and travel far to follow, to find the right one, than to marry the wrong one because you're lonely and they're in a convenient location. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how people start looking cute when you get lonely. <laughs> Boy, I'm preaching to somebody on there already. <laughs> it's amazing how people in the church start, like you you rejected them three years ago. Y'all had nothing in common. You thought they were ugly. And, but, but after you're getting older, all of a sudden they start looking cute because you're still, you're still single. And you're like, oh, well, the zits, they're not that bad. No, 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 no. All the zits, all it's really not. It's actually kind of cute because, you know, because really it's like Braille, you know, and I, I put my hand on their face and it's like I'm reading that they love me. It's it's amazing how people start looking cute whenever we get lonely. But Abraham sent his servant on a 550 mile journey to find his son, the right one. Uh, and, and when the servant is on this mission, on this task with this responsibility, this sacred responsibility, he travels 550 miles with 10 camels and he prays a prayer and he says, Lord, let the person that's to marry my master's son, let, let the person that's going to marry Isaac, let this be the one, let this be the sign that they're the one. Number one, let them give me water. And let them give my camels water. Amen. Now that is a strange prayer to pray when you have been entrusted with the sacred responsibility of getting Isaac a wife. It was a peculiar prayer, but it was a powerful prayer. Yeah. Because it was very common for uh, for people to offer strangers water, but it was very uncommon for them to offer the camels water. Because you do not know when the camel is going to be done drinking. Right. And a thirsty camel can drink 30 gallons of water in 15 minutes. And <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> listen, listen. And he had, he had 10. And the Bible says that she gave them to drink. Rebecca came to give him water and gave his camels water to drink until they were filled. She was willing to draw 300 gallons of water for a stranger and his camels that she didn't know. She was willing to draw 2,500 pounds of water for someone she just met. Listen, and she didn't realize the servanthood that she was doing now was tied to her destiny. Yeah. She will become the most powerful woman in the tribe. She didn't realize the hard work that she was doing now was tied to her future spouse. This is what I got to tell somebody listening is that the preparation and hard work and what you're doing and how you're investing and you're getting, and then your church now is tied to your destiny. It's tied to the person you're going to meet. It's tied to the person that you're going to date. It's tied to the person you're going to marry. But that's, that person would not choose someone that was not doing something right now. And yeah. that's what I always preach. Never choose somebody 
based on their potential. Choose yeah. them based on what they are doing now. Yeah. If they're not worshiping God now, you can't engage in that right now. If they're not praising God, if they don't love God, if they're not involved now, you have to measure them and, and, and get in a relationship with them according to what they are doing now. That's good. Man. And I think that's important. Bro, I was going to say, what would be the, the top three things, but I don't think they can handle anything after all those gallons of water. My, my. <laughs> <laughs> gallons, bro. Dude, she kept going back to the well. I did not know how much they drank. I I completely overlooked that. I did. (laughs) 30. Bro, they traveled on a 550-mile journey. Those camels are thirsty. Yeah. And she gave them to drink until they were filled, man. She's sweating. Bro, she's sweating going back and forth to fill up these these camels, not realizing that that hard-working sweat, all that she was doing when she thought no one was watching, all the servanthood that she was doing when she felt unappreciated, when she felt like no one's liking her post, no one cares about where she is, that servant heart in spirit and investment, when she thought no one was watching, God was watching very closely saying, yeah. that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm setting you up to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Man. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any more questions after that, bro. This, this was good. This was good. Um, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to drop Victor's um, Instagram inside the, inside the bio. You guys are going to have to follow because he's always dropping these nuggets and he thinks that these 140 characters is not changing the world probably, but man, bro, you'd be dropping, you'd be dropping some gems. Um, wow. This is good. <laughs> this is good, man. But thank you. Thank you for, for joining the podcast today. Um, I know I'll, if I ever have to get you on right now, I have to book you for 2027. So I'll go. Oh, ahead man, and, uh, we're going to make it happen, bro. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. Love you, man. Appreciate you joining you, us, guys. And we'll see you next week, Thursday on another episode. Peace.